Alan, it's called motor racing. <laughs> White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 592. back it is open wheel white rockets formula one and indycar podcast our occasional show checking in every now and then when there's something that we want to get excited to talk about i'm van allen plexico and i'm joined as always by my co-host alan j porter welcome back aboard alan thank you van and boy do we have a lot to talk about it was a madcap end to a madcap season in formula one so i think we might have one or two things to talk about it really was. We have a lot to talk about, and it's interesting because IndyCar ended seeming like like a, it seemed like a year ago. <laughs> this, I know. This, I'd almost forgotten who won the championship. I know. Formula One just kind of uh, kept going for a whole other segment of the year. It's quite a long yeah. season. It was, yeah. I think longest longest season ever. Probably 20, so. Doesn't surprise me. 22 races? Yeah. Yeah, so. quite a lot. So well, we're going to get all into it. Um, the main kind of things we want to hit upon, we're going to do some recapping and discussion of the second half of the season, kind of starting with Belgium. And then we'll work our way up. And trust me, listeners, trust me, we're going to talk about the the ending. And I've heard several podcasts now talk about it, and I've heard different perspectives on it. So I'm very curious to hear yours, and I certainly have my own opinions as well. So it should be interesting to see if you and I have to devolve into a fistfight or (laughs) a duel. Seems to be par from the course from what I'm uh, reading on Twitter and Facebook mm. and stuff. It's no, uh, certainly very, very polarizing, should we say. One of our listeners tweeted me a little bit earlier and said, he says, I can't believe that it's it's Thursday night and they're still going at it on social media, like it's still Sunday afternoon, you know, or whatever. So, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in good time. But first, we have a few other to, others to talk about. But is there anything we need to cover kind of up front before we dive into the races? I don't think so. I just to sort of recap, if you want to know about the first half of the season and stuff, I think the last podcast we did, like we, we did during this summer break, Formula One summer break, and we did like a mid-season mm-hmm. review and ranking of the drivers mid-season. Um, so I don't think we'll get into the drivers individually this time because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. But maybe uh, later on we'll just do a rundown of the teams as well, just to give an overview of everybody on the grid. So, it is. Worth- otherwise, we could end up spending hours just talking about two guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it's important to note, though, and so that people know, it. basically the sport is almost entirely changing next year. There's yes. big changes coming in. So could you give yeah. like a general idea, just very briefly, of kind of what's going to be changing? Um, pretty much the, the, the whole car is going to be new. It's a completely mm-hmm. new car, completely new design. So a lot of the teams, particularly towards the back end of the grid, have pretty much over the second half of the season, not really focused on developing their cars this year mm-hmm. because they now have a limited um, budget cap um, and a limited amount of money and time they can spend on wind tunnels and development. So they've been spending that time on the 2022 car. Um, so things could theoretically be pretty much scrambled next year with new car design. Um, I was lucky enough to get up and close with the new car at, or a mock-up with the new car at uh, the US Grand Prix at Coda. They had one on display in the in the fan zone area. It looks, ri- I mean, it's one of those designs that looks fast when it's standing still. Mm. Um, it's smooth lines. There's no more of these sort of 
aerodynamic bits tacked on, no barge boards, no turning vanes, things like mm. that. It's a, it's a very smooth, certainly the mock-up is a very smooth design. So going to be interested to see what each of the teams come up with based on a completely new set of regulations. Um, so, uh, well, and it's going to be it's going to be more going back to ground effect where you're getting a lot of the downforce from underneath the car, mm-hmm. um, which in theory should allow for closer racing in the fact that you don't it doesn't generate as much dirty air behind it, so cars can follow closer, mm-hmm. can corner faster. It's going to have bigger bigger wheels. They're moving to 18 inch wheels instead of 13 inch wheels. Um, some aerodynamic tweaks around that as well, wheel covers and things like that to make it slippier and smoother through the air. So um, should be interesting. Because yeah. the 13-inch wheels that they have now were an increase from what they had in like 2016. Remember, in, in yeah. 17, they they changed the car a little bit and everything got bigger. So now they're really getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, they are getting bigger. Yeah, so um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Did you- the engines are going to be pretty much the same. They just announced today that the engines are going to be the same until... 2026 and then they're yeah. going to in 2026 they're going to a cheaper engine formula Interesting. dropping some dropping some of the technical stuff around the engines um driver line we'll talk about this later on driver lineup is pretty much going to be the same um so yeah in some cases they you know it's going to be status quo but with the, just the unknown of a completely brand new car thrown in there did did you see the reaction that the oh his name is escaping my mind now oh it's no the Mexican driver from from McLaren in IndyCar um, oh Pato Award Pato yeah he drove the McLaren like uh, Ricardos or or or, uh, uh-huh. or and and was just like he was just flabbergasted I just yeah. that was so reading his reaction was so funny because he was just like. He's just like I, I don't I you know he said I thought IndyCar was amazing and fast and everything and he's like getting this thing and he literally said he couldn't go as fast as he wanted to because his neck wasn't strong enough right because of the G force yeah. yeah yeah he's like he said I did the last lap looking down into my lap yeah he couldn't hold his head up I just yeah. was like dang. I- I think I, I saw something from he said I thought it was going to be wild, but I didn't realize it was going to be that wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If there's a there's an article on Racer.com I just saw yesterday where he goes he he has like two paragraphs of describing it, and it's like he's like any any car is great. He's not taking anything away from it, but he's just like this was just like you know getting in a spaceship basically and hitting hyperspace. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into them. So the Belgian Grand Prix, the thing that I think will always stand out about that race is it was pouring down rain, and the race was like, what, two laps or something? What was it? Three laps, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, actually, the first part of it, for me, was uh, that I loved was the fact that George Russell and the Williams qualified second, which came out of nowhere. And it was actually on – actually had pole for a little while, and then Verstappen snapped – snatch pole away from it last so for, for the williams to be up at the front was just amazing um, yeah. it was a wet qualifying session it really leveled out the driving skill as opposed to the cars a really heavy rain um which i think they delayed the start and they did a couple of laps um and then it was like three hours i think um, yeah it was the delay before they got going again like basically they, de- they decided to so they could get a race in the books they basically ran the minimum number of laps they needed to for it to count as a race yeah um so um which was but they only gave half points they only gave half points though this is where we got the stupid point fives for the rest of the year right which has happened before i think you have to run 75 percent of the diff of the distance to get four points so there's a there's a minimum number of laps it takes to count as a race and there's a Mm. minimum number of percentage of laps before you can get four points so So, um 
so you know we have had it in the past where the world championship was won by half a point so yeah um, that's happened in the past so yeah it ended up being three and they didn't actually race they just followed the safety car around so it ended up with being verstappen took the win nominally russell got second and, and hamilton third um and it was, yeah, the shortest race in Formula One history, it turned out. <laughs> Quote, unquote, race. And the lesson if we all learned, race, yes. yeah, and the lesson we all learned from it is when we all hope for rain in a Formula One race, we don't mean that much rain, right? We want we want enough to make it interesting, but, n- but now we know that there is such a thing as too much rain. Yeah, and particularly at Belgium where, you know, you've got Eau Rouge and the, yeah. there is actually a river running underneath the circuit anyway and you've got the trees <laughs> and that hold on to the water. Um, uh, you know, the worst place to get a deluge was probably at Spa. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It is, and there's low visibility on that track. You go over these blind yeah. hills and everything. So, so th- yeah. then, we, then we went to Zandvoort. God, I love Dutch. It's so crazy. We went to the Dutch track and, of course, Max won there. That was his home race and that had to be very exciting for him. Yeah, and it was a return to Zandvoort for the first time in, in many years. It's 20-something years, I think, since we've been at Zandvoort. And one of the n- things I really liked about this one was that they actually put some banking. Mm-hmm. A couple of the corners were banked. One of them was, it was quite a hefty banking. So uh, that was interesting to see that to, to see the Formula 1 cars go around, around a banking. We haven't seen that since they had the Grand Prix at, at, at Indy. Indy, yeah. Um, which, which was cool. Um, the first few laps, you could definitely tell that uh, Fernando Alonso was the only one in the in the pack who actually had any experience of driving on an oval because he was going high and high and around the outside so on on the banked uh, on yeah. the bank terms where everybody else was trying to keep it down low. So was, you could definitely see the uh, the indie experience playing in there. But uh, other than that, it was uh, a pretty uh, steady race for Verstappen, if I remember rightly. I mean, it was pretty much a flag to flag win for him at his home track. You say, which must have been uh, very cool for him, particularly as it was a return to to that track for the f- first time since the mid '80s. So. Well, yeah, you know, I am very, very famous IndyCar driver. Uh, love the ovals, uh, Kimoa, out. <laughs> good, good, good old, good old Fernando. Um, so Max was looking good at this point. We go to uh, Italy. I don't remember if was this uh, was this uh, which of the Italian tracks was this. I don't even remember. This was at Monza, and it Monza. was another one with, I think, it, didn't they do a, another one of the sprint race qualifiers here as well? Yeah, and yeah, and this is the one where, and this this is when the McLarens were still arguably the third best cars in the field, but that changes as we get a few more races in. It was very disappointing to me because McLaren looked like they were challenging I don't know if they were ever challenging Red Bull and Mercedes, but they were up there with them in the first half of the season, and they were definitely ahead of Ferrari for a while. And yeah, it was they disappointing were, they how to, they faded. Yeah, they were a comfortable third, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, yeah. they faded in the last, last half of the season. Um, so they sort of came back a bit at the last race, but we'll talk about that too. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, um, Italy was um, a 1-2 for McLaren. Um Verstappen and, and Hamilton collided with each other during the race, um, and the McLarens had qualified second and third and drove through. And Daniel Ricciardo, uh, despite me giving him a low ranking and my mid-season points, <laughs> um, proved me wrong by taking a win for McLaren with uh, Lando Norris second. Um, so that was great. That was the first um, first win for McLaren um, in in a long time, and first win for Daniel Ricciardo in a few years too. So that was great to see. And we it got was a good Shui. to see the return of the Shuey. Yes, the Shuey. Amen to that. 
And when when Hamilton and Verstappen collided, I'm like shades of 2016. You know, we're back to Nico and Lewis running into each other every other race, and it kind of almost went that way for a little while. It did, yeah, yeah. Well, all those, you know, it brings back memories of that, or Senna and Prost banging in each other and knocking each other off and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I have, back. I, I have a theory why people run into Lewis when they're challenging him because Nico did and Max did. And I have a theory and let me, t- let me run it by you real quick and you tell me what you think. Okay. Here is my theory. Lewis is so dominant and so good. Okay. And you know, I'm not a huge, I respect him tremendously, probably more than any other driver. I respect him as just a competitor, a super talented driver, probably the greatest driver of all time, but he's so good. And the other drivers know how, they know, I mean, he's like Jaws out there and they're in the water. They know he's coming and going to eat them, you know. And so mm-hmm. my theory is when they get up into first and he's challenging them or when they're challenging him for first, they are so intimidated by him that they kind of lose their mind a little bit and get throw caution to the wind because they know if he gets by him, he's gone. You know what I mean? It's kind of like with another driver, they might feel like they could come back. They could come back. But with Lewis, they're like, I can't let him get by me. I've got to do whatever it takes right now because I cannot let him get by me or I'm going to lose. You know, that's that's kind of the way that Nico approached it, it seemed like. And that's kind of the way Max has approached it. Am I crazy or is that something? No, no, and I think Lewis plays off, off off that, and he did. I mean, when he early days, um, and and Senna used to do it too. Uh, you know, Senna always used to say the you know one of the reasons he had the bright yellow helmet, and it's the helmet that that color that uh, Lewis used early in his career was you know not only because it was the Brazilian flag for Senna, but basically when you're coming up behind somebody and they they can see that yellow helmet, and it just puts that momentary yeah. thing in their head of yeah. oh he's he's coming and he's gonna he's gonna you know, I've seen that yellow helmet. He's coming, and they'll drop a tenth or a second mm-hmm. a lap or whatever, just because mm-hmm. you've sown that seed of uncertainty. And I think with Lewis, it, it doesn't need the helmet anymore. They just see him coming up behind him, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they see um, that. But obviously, Max, Max didn't wasn't going to take too much of that either. So uh, no, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, anything else about Italy before we get to Russia? Uh, no, other than it was great to see a, a McLaren one too. I was really it happy was. about that. Yeah, absolutely. I love the McLaren cars. I, in fact, I saw a poll. They did like a global poll a couple of months ago, and the most wasn't the most popular team McLaren. They even beat out Ferrari, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, yeah. And I think Lando was the most popular driver below a certain age group as well, and stuff. So yeah, below yeah, six. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say twelve, but okay. There you go. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so we go to that awful track in Russia, basically a tour of the Olympic Village in, in, in decline. And uh, l- let's see, Max has to go to start at the back. And right. um, it, things get kind of weird, but I don't have a very strong – I never have a strong memory of this race because it's always just kind of a parade. There's never a lot of passing. It's a, it's a, it's a track that Botas has always done well on for some reason. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. just like that track. Yeah, I, other than the fact that it rained and things got a bit messy, I remember that, and obviously Lewis coming through and winning. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember the details of what got messy. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was just uh, yeah. But Max was at the at the back because of um, penalty or something, and so yeah, never, engine change and stuff yeah, like so that. He That's was, why they took their engine changes. So couldn't couldn't challenge Lewis. So yeah. Um, all right, we go to Turkey. This was interesting because we haven't seen Turkey before. At least I haven't before. This is new. I guess it's been around for a long time, but it's the first time they've been back there, kind of like the Netherlands, in a while. Um, and um, 
It's interesting to me, by the way, how they change out uh, tracks every now and then. Like we, I don't guess we had a Germany this year. Yeah, I mean, part of the thing was this year that some of the planned races, like China and Japan, and mm-hmm. so Turkish weekend should have been the Japanese Grand Prix weekend, right? Um, which is why um, it was weird to see actually the Red Bulls in the full-blown Honda paint scheme, which was meant to um, oh for Japan. Because that's what they were going to do for Japan, but they kept it for Turkey. So how interesting, um, yeah. So yeah, it should have been the the, the Japanese Grand Prix. We were at Turkey uh, a few years back um, when Lance Stroll got pole, um, but then they messed up the surface, and the surface was like an ice rink, and everybody was spinning off and stuff. Oh jeez. Um, but uh, yeah, Turkey's Turkey's one of those on again, off again circuits. Has one of the best corners uh, on the Grand Prix circuit, but. Uh, it, it, it's a tricky track. Um, I mean, say uh, Lewis was dropped down. Um, this this time, Lewis was the one who was dropped down because um, mm-hmm. he had a power unit change, um, and which put Valtteri on the pole, and he just basically went out and won the race with Max second. So. And that certainly helped Max because it gave him more points than Lewis. So whether he won or yeah. not, he still was able to get another one of those second. He got a lot of seconds too. He got a lot of first. Yeah. He got a lot of, I mean, he pretty much finished first or second almost every race. There's a handful he didn't finish at all, but I don't think there, there really weren't anywhere Max finished like third or seventh or anything. It was pretty much one, two or nothing. Yeah. So, and not many nothings. He's in his past. That's been one of Max's problems is reliability, but he didn't really have a lot of reliability problems this year. No, he didn't. Um, I think I've got his stats later down, but I think his average finish position was like something like 1.8 or something. Yeah. And he was on the podium a, a ridiculous number of times. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Didn't they set some kind of a record for Lewis, Botas, and Max being the three people on the podium the most or something? <laughs> yeah, for the same time. Yeah. 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 Which That's is interesting crazy. in a season when we've also had other people win. Yeah. Had, you know. You know, different winners and different people on the podium. So Ricardo won, Botas won. It seems like didn't right. somebody really weird? I think Perez won one, didn't he? In the earlier in the season, I think he won like one of the first. Yes. He oh won. yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Baku. Well, Baku. Oh, yeah. you know, you know, Alan. It's my favorite track because crazy stuff happens at Baku, man. That's like yeah, the nut house race. I love it. It's just like the the pump bumper cars race. I love Baku so much. All right, so they come to Coda. They come to your neighborhood. They come to see you, Alan. Tell us about that one. Um, So normally, Coda is, Lewis's track has been since the race has been at Coda. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not really a Red Bull track. It tends to either be, other than when, like, Kimi won, it tends to be uh, mainly uh, Lewis. And I will say, um, being there watching the cars, um, the Mercedes looked really strong. I will say, Mercedes need to sort out the driver numbers on the side of the car. That's... That thing where they just have it outlined in red, hmm. but you can still see the design through oh. it. It's completely useless for spotting it from the from <laughs> every other car number you could see, but the Mercedes one, it was like no, no, they need, they need to tell them to block that in because it's almost impossible to see which one it is from trackside. Um, but uh, they look good. Um, the uh, the Red Bulls look pretty good, but they didn't look as fast as the Mercedes. Um, just this is not, nothing to do with those two guys. But do you know what I found really interesting? Was mm. the Alpine sounded so different to all the other cars? Really, I never really noticed it on TV, but just sat trackside as they were coming back. Yeah, a very distinctive engine. I guess because it's the only Renault, yeah, powered car in the field now. But I guess it is the only one left, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it was a very distinctive noise. Very interesting. Um, Red Red Bull didn't Red Bull use Renault until a couple of years ago? 
Yeah, until they switched to Honda, yeah. And that was the whole the whole yeah, the whole it was like the first it was like the first season of Drive to Survive had the whole soap opera between Christian Horner and uh, and Cyril Abitabool over yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't like you using engines anymore. Yeah. And he's like, What? How could you drop my engines? This is a this is an insult. We must have a duel. Oh boy. That, that was it. So um yeah, it wasn't a particular I mean it was a good race. Um it was it was close, but it was Verstappen who um and you know Lewis was hunting him down, but never quite got there. Um, yeah. So it was good to watch. Um, yeah. But uh, result-wise, yeah, it was uh, a, a slightly unexpected but good win for, for Max. I have to ask you, have you gone up in the tower? No. <laughs> I suffer from vertigo. I'm not oh. going up in that tower. I, I suffer from, I'm not going up in that thing, but that's the same. It, it amounts to the same thing. Are you crazy? I'm not going up there. Um, yeah, I, I, it always looks so, it looks terrifyingly high and fragile on television especially from the helicopter when they fly around that thing in the helicopter i'm like man ain't no way yeah no you can you can go up there and uh, i think if you pay an extra 50 50 you can go up in the elevator and they give you champagne and oh, man. stuff like um but it's like no i am not Mm-mm. gonna do that no so, not gonna no. Not what was even more frightening was they actually had some fairground rides there that like flipped <laughs> the cages up and down, which were like even higher than, or it seems to seem to be even higher than the, um, yeah, than the tower. I'm like, no, no yeah. way. Back in the day, I would have done that, but just going up high, not a ride or anything that goes and comes back down, but just being up there, no, nah, it doesn't look good to me. But it's kind of cool they have it though. It's certainly distinctive. Uh, yeah, and I will say it was packed. Um, mm. It was the largest attendance in the ten years that we've had the Formula One race at Coda. It's blowing um, up. Friday practice was probably as busy as Saturday qualifying used to be. Um, and Saturday was as busy as race day, and race day was just insane. Yeah. And they built a grandstand on my favorite spot. On Oh, you told me that. Yeah, the place <laughs> you like to stand that you can't stand yeah, anymore. So next year, I've, I've actually done it. I've actually plunked down a deposit for grandstand seats for next year. So ah, we can there you go. our favorite spot. There you um, go. Yeah. Alan, it's blowing up in the United States, and here's how I know. We know that the drive to survive thing is causing it to blow up. Yeah. My One of my colleagues uh, at the college where I teach is just a good old Kentucky guy, really good guy. He's a couple of years younger than me, and he and his wife – for you know, during COVID and everything, they watched Drive to Survive, and now right. they religiously watch every race and are like super into it. And he texts me during the races and tells me, you know, he's like, "Have you seen it? Did you see it? Oh my gosh!" And I'm just thinking, man, like two years ago, they didn't even know it was a sport. And I think that's probably true of a lot of people in this country. It is, yeah. It was actually interesting. Stood in line um, to get in on Friday morning. Yeah, pra- um, practice. Pra- this is practice day. Um, I got there just before the gates opened and the line was huge. Wow. Um, and I was stood in line and we started off the conversation about where are you from? And I was the only person probably within a group of 20, line of 20 people. I was the only person from Austin. Wow. Everybody else had come in from different parts of the US. Yeah. Um, from the West Coast, North, Northeast. Yeah. It was just like a cross section wow. of the US, which was amazing. People coming from Seattle and yeah. IndyCar has got to get some kind of a drive to survive thing. They've just got to. They've got to do something. I, I don't yeah. know what it'll be, but uh, they've got to do something because they they make it appealing to, to more than just race fans by making a soap opera out of it, and it's brilliant. They, they do, which is part of the uh, 
part of the conversation we'll have in a minute, I'm sure, about there entertainment versus racing. All right. Um, yes, we will. <laughs> All right. We go south of the border to Mexico, and Max wins another race that doesn't Lewis usually dominate. Yeah, but we were all hoping Checo would win that one. But oh, he came, yeah. He got the final po- spot on the podium, which was great. And that they celebrated that almost as if he'd won, so that mm-hmm. was great to see. Oh, his dad, wasn't he running around like yeah. so happy and everything? That's always yeah. so fun to see, yeah. We love Checo. We love him so much, and that's awesome. He's my favorite driver right now. It's, it's just nice to have – because I like Red Bull more than almost than any other team. Like Red Bull and McLaren are the two teams I really like right now. And it's just so nice to have a driver at Red Bull – I mean, I respect Max, but I don't really love him, you know. He's kind of hard to love, but Checo is just lovable, so I, I, I appreciate him. Um, okay, so Max now has got a pretty good little lead, but yeah. you know it's never over until Lewis's engine blows up or something happens in the in the last couple of races. So, Brazil. Brazil, for me, was one of the finest drives of Hamilton's career today. Um, it was an amazing weekend because well, he... He was fastest in qualifying, but if this was another sprint race, it was the last of the three sprint race weekends. Um, so he was fastest in qualifying on Friday, but then on Saturday morning they found his wing, the DRS on his wing was opening up too wide, like a so millimeter. Was, yeah, whatever. You know, it was too. Um, so it was a technical infringement. So his time was disallowed. So he was basically put to the back of the grid for the sprint race. Mm-hmm. Drove from 20th to 5th in the sprint race. <laughs> Crazy. In a short race, he goes 15 spots up. Yeah, in 17 laps, he goes from 20th to 5th. Good gosh. But then he, he took a new engine, so that dropped him five grid spots down to 10th for the race on Sunday. Was was this the spicy engine he was talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's um, like, we're putting the spicy engine in. That just cracked me up that they were talking about right. that one. And then we got into the race... And then we got, I think it was lap 48, mm. we got the turn four where basically he and Max, he caught Max, was trying to overtake Max. Max was defending and they both ended up going off track. And Hamilton, uh, Mercedes basically said Verstappen pushed him off and the stewards decided not to take any action. Um, shocking. Shocking, I know. Um, but then Hamilton did it again and got passed and went on to win the race. So basically he went from the back to mid-pack to near the front, then back to mid-pack, then was driven off track and still came through to win. As I said, I think it was his finest weekend um, yeah. as a driver. Um, absolutely brilliant performance from Lewis. Um, so at, at the end of which, obviously, he, he pretty much taken a, a cut out of um, Max's championship lead. So the, the pendulum was starting to swing the other way and and this is where lewis usually goes on the radio and goes that was dangerous driving (laughs) (laughs) he always has his little you know yeah that was dangerous driving there i don't know what he was doing there bono um all right so that's brazil so it's starting to tighten up a little bit we go to qatar Qatar, and this is a hamilton thing um max gets in trouble for ignoring the 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 rogue steward with the double wave yellow flags right i will say i did not actually see this race this was this was the race that was during our vacation weekend and i did not actually see it so i only read about it so i'll let you talk about this one max was pretty upset because they and and christian because they were saying that it was you know one the lights weren't flashing there was no indication on the dashboard the only indicator anything was wrong when Max went by was one steward waving a flag. And so that was why Christian said it was a rogue steward. And I didn't think that that was 
you know, he he got in big trouble for bringing disrepute to the sport and everything, and he had to kind of fake apologize. But I didn't see anything wrong with him saying that to him, it seemed like a steward was saying something nobody else was saying. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that that was the case, but they, they took it as some kind of an insult, so they made him kind of, I say like a faux apology, you know, like I'm sorry if anybody was felt their feelings hurt by the truth I spoke. That was basically his <laughs> apology, you know. But, um, but uh, yeah, so Hamilton wins there. He always does well in those Middle Eastern races, it seems like, and everywhere else, but there too. And um, Wasn't there a whole bunch of punctures? Didn't I read there was a whole bunch of punctures in that one and didn't? Fernando come through to third or something. Oh, this is the one where Fernando got third. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he uh, he, he he. This is when he thought they really had it together and were going to like be good at the end of the season, and then they kind of fizzled out again after this one. But uh, at Saudi Arabia and and at the finale. But uh, yeah, Fernando was very excited to be back up on the podium. That was cool. That was really cool to see him up there with. Uh, let's see. I don't remember who got second. Um, was it Max? Yeah. So was it Hamilton, Max, and Fernando? Oh, because fourth place was somebody else that would have been interesting. That was the thing. There were the, the battle for the third spot on the podium was Fernando and either Perez or Lando. It was somebody that you're kind of like, well, I'd love to see Fernando up there, but I kind of want to see the other person up there. It, maybe I don't remember who it was, but anyway, it was whoever okay. finished fourth. It was whoever finished fourth. I just remember thinking I was happy for Fernando. But I was also kind of like disappointed for whoever it was that he beat out. So, but yeah, that was an interesting end. So, all right, we got one more to go before we get to the big finale, and that is Saudi Arabia. And this is the track they were still building basically while the race was going on, right? There was, there was, yeah, there was much drama for weeks leading up to this race. Will they get it finished? Will they get it finished? And I guess those, uh, the Saudi oil barons, you know, cracked the whip on their indentured servants enough to get him to finish the uh, the track and the and the grandstands and everything in time. And, um, oh, this is the one where Hamilton and Verstappen were kind of trading the lead in Q3. And Max had, I think, the second fastest lap. But he knew, right, th- this was a track they felt like he needed to be on the pole to have the best chance to, to, pass, to beat Lewis. And he was determined because it was this race and one more, and Lewis was only a, few, a handful of points behind him at this point. And as it turned out, after this race, they'd be tied. And so Max had to win this race, he felt like, and he had to get the pole. So Lewis goes out with like a minute to spare and puts up a super good time. And Max is like, all right, here we go. And Max comes out there, and he is... I mean, it, I think I, I'm not 100% sure of this, but I think you might agree. He is in Senna territory. He is peeling the paint off the walls all the way around the track. He's purple in the first sector. And I mean, he is like, you couldn't slide a piece of paper between him and the wall as he's flying around this track. He's purple in the second sector, and they're like, he's going to do it. This is like the lap of a lifetime. And he gets to the last turn of the last sector, and he hits the wall. He he, yeah. he locked up just a tad and slid into that. Because he, he was leaving a millimeter of clearance, and he lost that millimeter. It was, it was so, a total Banzai lap, and I don't know if you yeah. saw it, but there was actually video of Fernando Alonso watching oh, the no. lap. And Fernando's eyes were like, 
wide open and like on stalks. It was like a you know a Warner Brothers cartoon. Like oh, ooh, uh. it was like <laughs> I mean, he's, he was just staring. He was like he just couldn't believe what he was seeing. It was That's just, awesome. As you said, it was just an absolute banzai lap. Yeah. Right up until that last corner, um, which uh, put him uh, a little on the on the back foot. Um, yeah. So. But we didn't even know yeah. if his gearbox was intact. I mean, there was like right, mystery yeah. and suspense up till the race. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, remember was, that happened to that happened that happened to Leclerc, didn't it? Where he did the yeah, same Monica, thing. And then he, yeah. 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 So this was the was this the race where we ended up with three restarts? Yeah, I believe so. They kept crashing on the restart. They they couldn't get through like the first sequence of turns without running into each other, everybody. Yeah. Each other. And then we got that weird thing where Max had overtaken Lewis, but they felt it was he should have given the position back, but then there was a crash. Um, and during it, Ocon had slot, slotted through, and they said to Max, oh, well, you can start in second on the restart. And then it was like, oh, but you've forgotten Ocon's out there, which would actually put, put him, in him third. between third. And so Ocon ended up basically on pole on pole for one of the restarts. Um, and we got mm-hmm. this weird conversation between race control and Red Bull about we can offer you. Yes. Oh, the bargaining. And the bargaining, yes, yeah. about Max could restart, which was very strange. Yeah, um, if you give the position back, I will not have to take this to the stewards. Stewards, yeah. Will you take this deal, or do you want door number three? Yeah. And he's like, oh, we'll take the deal. We'll take the deal. All right, all right, good, good. So yeah, yeah. And so we had- well, there was there was there was one other thing. Um, nah, through my mind. Go ahead. I'll think okay. No, I was going to say. So we ended up with like those three restarts. Um, but in the end, um, Hamilton won. But the, the drama here was right at the end when it looked like Ocon was going to get third until Bottas yeah, right. Oh, oh, on the line. It was the five seconds. I think, didn't Max end up getting a five-second penalty on yeah, top of everything did. else? Yeah. yeah so oh, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was, yeah, and he brake-checked well, brake Lewis. So he, yeah. got a, he got a five-second penalty, but there was also, he was you told. Let him by. He was, he was told to let him by, but they hadn't told Mercedes that they told Red Bull. <laughs> So Lewis didn't know why Max was slowing up. Right. And Max slowed up. What was it? Said that he, he he slowed up a bit too slowly. It was like two point four G. And um, in the middle of the, and in the middle of the track. In the middle of the straight. Yeah, because what he wanted to do was to get Lewis to come past him at the last minute. Yes. So he still had DRS. DRS. It was all about the DRS, baby. DRS. Yeah. Yeah. So he could overtake him. And he um, did it one time. Yeah. He yeah. pulled that off. He's like, go ahead, Lewis. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. But in do- doing so, Lewis misread what was happening and basically ran into the back of Max. But yeah. it was basically Max's fault because he'd overbraked and mm-hmm. jigged on the straight. So uh, then he got his five-second penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he did uh, a something similar to Ricardo a few years ago at uh, at Baku, I think, right? Where he, yeah, he, he did and Ricardo, when, uh, Ricard- yeah, to, yeah, ran into the back of him because Max breaks a bit harder than he was expecting. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was um, a crazy race, and it ended up crazy. with them tied. And as you said, we came out of it for the first time since 1974, going into the last race with the two contenders on equal points. Who was it in '74? So, people I've heard of, or, uh, or um, oh my God, who was it? It was. It wasn't like James Hunt and Emerson, Nicky Lauda. It was Lauda, Emerson Fittipaldi, oh. who won, I believe, mm. and who was I? Uh, I may be wrong. I think it was Clay Regazzoni, but I may be wrong on that. <laughs> Very uh, cool. Well. That gets us to the big, the grand showdown, the throwdown in the desert, the battle for it all, 
one one versus the other one tied at number one for who will be the champion. And you had to feel going in. There's several things to set up here very quickly. You had to feel going in that Lewis had the advantage because he had seemed over the last two or three races that his 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 he had seemed faster and yep. he had seemed like he had it. It, they, all season, they kept jockeying back and forth, right? There'd be a couple of weeks where Max's car would seem faster. There'd be a couple of weeks where Lewis's car seemed faster. That's why I think they were tied, is because it kept switching back and forth. They'd want, you know, one team would fix something, the other team would do something, the other team would do something, and they kept switching back and forth. And then suddenly we get to the end, and it's looking like Lewis has the advantage, and I think it was playing out that way for most hey, of the race. He's- yeah, I mean, definitely at the last race, Lewis had the faster car. There is no argument about that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, unless he's on the wrong tires, as we'll see. <laughs> so um, so I, I've got to say a couple of things about their personality, and we'll talk about Lewis's reaction at the end and we get to the end. But I just want to say, as far as Max goes, what impressed me coming up to this race is that this just seemed like a different Max Verstappen this year than we've seen in previous years, right? I had to kind of shake myself and go, this is the same guy that was like, you know, punching Ocon, remember? And uh-huh. and yelling and squawking and screaming about things. And here he is in the most tense, the most on the line time in his life. And he was just like, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, it'll be fine. I'll, uh, I'll go out there and drive around and, you know, we'll see. It'll be all, it'll be all right. I, I'm going to sleep just fine tonight. You know, it'll be fine. So it was just interesting how he, uh, he just had totally, he was copacetic as they say. Yeah, he was, he was very, uh, very relaxed. Um, not giving into pressure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think again, very different between say Lewis and Nico Rosberg <laughs> when the mind mind games were working. And Max I was, was just, just thinking like, that. Max was like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, I just take each race at a time, and it is what it is. <laughs> and maybe we'll talk about it when we get to the stuff at the end. But I was also impressed that at one point when Max was going to be disadvantaged, his response was, "Well, uh, what do I expect? That's gonna yeah, happen. yes, yeah." Um, oh, because Nico would be like, "What are they doing? No, this is not fair." No, yeah, that's Nico. I love Nico. I love him to death. But he was like. A, a, a wet rooster, as they say, squawking and running around screaming. And Max uh-huh. is just so chilled. Honestly, he's so chilled, I couldn't believe it. And again, it's yeah. not just because he's so chilled in general compared to how we've known him ever till, uh, up until now. Yeah, but, but the thing is, we've got to remember that we he came into the sport when he was 17, <laughs> the youngest F1 driver, second yeah. youngest F1 driver ever, um, yeah. certainly the youngest of the modern era. Um, and, you know, it's... It's taken, you know, four, what, five years or something to, for him to get to this point. Um, so, yeah, he had, and Lewis has matured too. I mean, it's always one of the discussions I have with uh, my wife, Jill, because she doesn't particularly like Lewis because she remembers the sort of petulant mm-hmm. Lewis who had the, the entourage and the pop star girlfriend and the stuff ages ago. And I keep telling her that, and that put her off watching the races. Um, right. I keep telling her that that's not Lewis Hamilton. That's not no. Lewis Hamilton now. Um so yeah, you know he's definitely matured uh, and over the years, and and I we're seeing the same thing with Max, which makes me think he's going to win a lot more championships. Mm. So yeah, just unflappable. Really, really interesting. All right. Meanwhile, in addition to Max being different, the track was different. They kind of went in and smoothed out a lot of the chicanes and the jittery places on that track, and had turned it into much more of like a a free flowing circuit with more opportunities to pass, which is always good, and less sort of stopping and starting. So 
I was happy to see that. And it was interesting for the final race to be on a track that they hadn't really driven on before, even though it was one they had driven on. Yeah, because the FAA actually classified it as a new circuit because they'd made Mm. so many changes. Yeah. Um, Which is great. And it was more flowing. I've heard a few people say they could have actually even taken it a little further and made it a little more flowing than it was. But I've always liked the races at Abu Dhabi generally. Um, But yes, it was much, much better this year. I thought so, yeah. Yeah. All right. So qualifying... Lewis looks like the faster car, no doubt, but yet Max, in one of several occasions that Checo comes through, gives him a little boost in in um, in Q3 in the second sector, I believe, where when, I think it was like the second sector was where Red Bull was slower, and Perez kind of gave him a little aerodynamic boost, and, and Max got the pole, and I don't know anybody was expecting that. No, I, I get, sorry, I didn't actually see qualifying, so, um, but... Uh... Yeah, that was good. Um, Paris was definitely playing the team game that weekend. So. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, that was all it was. It was just, yeah, Lewis put in the fastest lap, it looked like, and it looked like it was over. And then Max went out there for one more lap, and Perez comes around and, and gives him an aerodynamic uh, boost through through the second sector and then veered out of the way to let Max zoom by into the third sector, and that was enough to get him past Lewis. And he said that was awesome of Checo. He says he's a great partner. And he had more good things to say about him later that we're going to get to. Yeah, I think it's one of the interesting things between um, those two and Lewis and Botas. Yes, both. You know, Lewis always talks about how Valtteri's been his best teammate and he really helped him and stuff like that. He sort of does if he's in a position to in the race, which isn't that often. Not often. But, um, but in qualifying, that's what Botas is really good at. He is really, really quick driver, and he mm-hmm. likes to get those pole positions. And he, he he sees every pole, every qualifying as a competition between. Him and Lewis, I can't. I don't remember him ever helping Lewis no. on a qualifying lap. No, um, because he sees himself that he should be t- getting the poles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's, that's a big difference. And Checo knows he's probably not going to get a pole position, so he may as well, you know, do what he can for the team. So no, it was obvious all season that Checo's plan was to be a loyal second banana and do whatever he could to help the team and help his partner. It never felt like his goal was to win races unless it worked out that way, like at Baku. And that's fine because it, because he wasn't the fastest Red Bull, you know, he, he, he was usually, you know, he was usually somewhere between third and sixth every race in terms of uh, starting. Yeah. Which was, which was better than, better than the other two guys they had better than Gasly and better than, than an Albon. And I think part of the thing was, you know, Gasly and Albon were guys on the way up in their career and wanted to make a name for themselves and, and, you know, probably weren't ready for that, mm-hmm. particularly to be teammates to, to somebody like Max, but they weren't necessarily going to play second fiddle because they wanted to show what potential they had. We right. all know what potential Checo has. We all, we've all seen him all throughout his career, what a solid, good racer he is, and he's not at that point in his career when he's trying to be the star, mm-hmm. and he can probably actually get a longer, healthier career with Red Bull by being a good, solid team player uh, mm-hmm. and play the number two to Max. So. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did. So... Yeah. Oh, I have to mention, because this was funny, Lando ends up qualifying third, and they asked him, what do you think about being right up there with the battle of the two big boys? And Lando, he just flat out said, he's like, it's, it's kind of intimidating. I'm kind of nervous. I'm, I'm scared. I, he's, he basically, he said, I don't want to be the cause of anything getting decided. In other words, he, he, they, he, he, they asked him, are you going to go for the lead if you get a chance to do that? And he looked at the reporter and said, I don't know yet. Should I? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Lando, 
really cracks yeah. me up. So yeah, he I was really I don't want to get caught in the middle of it. I exactly. Actually, just going back, going back to the uh, the previous race with Ocon, I, I love the thing when they asked Ocon uh, when he ended up between Hamilton and Max in mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia and ended up in the lead, um, and they both pretty much mugged him to get the lead back. <laughs> uh, and he afterwards he said something like. I expected them to be aggressive with each other, but I didn't expect them to be aggressive with me. Um, That's great. So, That's great. Yeah. yeah. So, so you yeah. don't want to get in between, between those two guys. Um, no. All right. So we get the start. And Lewis, it's weird because one of the things Max has always been good at is a good start. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of races, he didn't have a good start. And Lewis blew him away. And that was pretty much like 80% game over i felt like when lewis took off and left max behind at the start to the point that perez almost ran into the back of max perez had to slow down to keep from passing max and going into second place yeah and i it was i want to see the the stats it was something like a tenth tenth of a second doesn't sound a lot but he was like a tenth of a second slower and reacting off the line than, than lewis um which is which is a lot in an F1 car, um, you know. So that you know they're probably up to sixty mile an hour by that point. Um, so um, yeah, it, it was strange. I don't know whether he was deliberately trying to make sure because he historically he's not been as good when he gets off the line quick. He he's good, mm-hmm. but there has been cases where he's got bogged down or he's not made it quite you know mm-hmm. quite as slick. Um, so I don't know whether he was overcompensating a bit. Um, but it was quite surprising to see him get left behind like that. So, and as you said, Lewis was off and up the road, or at least it looked that way. So. It did look that way. Now, got to point out because I'm going to say turn seven. Yeah. This track had a bunch of turns, but to the naked eye, they didn't look like turns. This felt more like turn one or turn two, but it's called turn seven. So just take that for what it's worth. This is where all of a sudden Max comes flying in out of nowhere. And again, you get the sense, this is what I mentioned a while ago, you get the sense that Max felt like if I don't get him now, I'm never going to get him and it's over. And the, and the championship yeah. is over. So people are like, well, Max just kind of threw himself in that turn. I'm like, well, yeah, it's like yeah. throwing a Hail Mary in the last play of a football game already. It's like if we don't connect on this pass, we're going to lose, you know. And so he I, – I, I struggle with this one because it did look like a kind of a dangerous move by Max, but he was ahead and he was on the track. So, yeah, isn't I, mean, it, I mean, isn't it kind of Lewis's job to get out of the way when somebody's ahead of you and, 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 you're, and they're on the track? They're not, they're not off the track. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, um, I, I had somebody describe it that basically Lewis left a Max for step and slice hole, and uh, you know, and that's where he went. Nobody else would have gone in it, but Max did, um, and that's motor racing. Um, you know, he he went for it, um, and that's what Max does. Um, we've seen it time and time again, mm. and uh, he stayed on the track. You know, that was one of the things they said in the drivers' meeting up front was, you know, they you've got to stay between the white lines and, and Max did. Uh, yeah. he, he found the grip and stayed in. Um, you know, if there had been gravel and or stuff out there, would Lewis have defended as strongly as he did? I don't know. Mm. Um, but he ended up going off um, and then just shortcut right across. Oh, a huge, he got a huge shortcut and came uh, back yeah. on like several car lengths ahead of Max. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. So this, this raised the, well, what happened at Brazil turn four when it was Max that was mm-hmm. defending um, mm-hmm. and they took no action and it was the same here. So it seems to be if you if you go off track while defending, you're allowed to keep the place. But if you go off track while you're attacking, you get 
a penalty mm. or I don't know, who knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing here was that um, Lewis took off. Max was like, well, he's got to give the, the place back. Um, but the message came back that basically they weren't going to take any action, but Lewis had to give back the advantage that he'd gained in terms of time, which to my mind meant he should have backed off until Max was basically alongside him. Because Yes, and he didn't. That was, that, that was the gap when they went off. They were literally side by side. Yeah. Um, and he, he didn't. I think he, you know, he didn't visibly give up any of that time to my, to my no. eyes. So. No, and, but Bono said, Lewis, we are satisfied with the advantage, the time advantage you have now. So they were very happy with, you know, yeah, how, they how it worked. Yeah, they thought they'd given out. it back, but to yeah. my eyes, it didn't look that way. Not at all. Oh, and, and, and meanwhile, you know, the, 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 the dialogue with, I don't think it's Christian. It's the, the, there's the, the race engineer that, that Ma, that's in Max's ear sounds so much like Christian that it always confuses me. Right. But he was like, um, they're, they're, they're not taking any action. And <laughs> Max is like, typical. <laughs> I just like, yeah. his whole attitude the whole race was just like, yeah, no, no surprise, you know. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have anything else here so, until. So, we... far, so, so far, things have fallen Lewis's way with the. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. I don't have anything here until they both pit, which put Perez in the lead briefly. Yeah, and I guess they both went to hard tires, and so Perez is in the lead. So yeah. now, so now Lewis is coming up on Perez, and they're like, "Checo, you need to hold Lewis up as much as you can." And so there have been some complaints that Perez was holding him up. To which I reply, Perez was leading the race. It's, it's not like he was a lap. Job. Yeah, it's not like he was a lap down and just interfering. He was defending the lead. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was he had it, every it, right to to do whatever he could to fight Lewis it, there. Yeah, it was good, hard, fair racing. Yes, he maybe drifted a little bit, but I wouldn't <laughs> say he went into dangerous driving. It was good defensive. If, if that had been Fernando, everybody would have been like, "That's a, a masterclass in defensive driving." Yeah. Um, if you remember Fernando earlier in the season, um, right. oh so, yeah, you, you know, I, yeah, um, we all expected basically Lewis to catch Perez and go past him and disappear into the distance. And when Lewis did get past Checo, Checo took him back again uh, mm -hmm. and again yeah. and again um, and kept him behind. <sighs> so what was it? So when Lewis got to the back of Checo, the the gap to Max was like six seconds, I think. And by the time Lewis got past Checo. The gap back to Max was like a second. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he and, did an awesome job. Uh, again, a great team player. And they describe it to Max over the radio, and Max says, "Check out the legend." And the engineer uh -huh. goes, "Absolute animal." <laughs> I love that because it reminded me, like you said, when when Alonso did it a few races earlier um, to keep Ocon ahead. Remember? Yeah, uh, yeah. They they described what Alonso had had done, and Ocon goes, "Legend." <laughs> Just cracked me up when he did that. That was a, a highlight for me. So, um, meanwhile, where is where is Valtteri Bottas? <laughs> I, 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 I issued an all-points bulletin for him, and he couldn't be found. He was last no. seen heading toward Alfa Romeo, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, he was down about 11th, wasn't he? I, was, oh, I just don't know what the deal is with – I don't know. Bottas just kind of checks out and I could, disappears. Like I said, he is – I have heard on uh, reports and stuff that basically that Mercedes is really difficult to drive in dirty air. Mm. And Valtteri gets in caught midfield way too often where the car is difficult to drive unless you're Lewis Hamilton and can come from the back and win. Um, Nothing but, affects know, him. Um, but uh, so 
you know, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, I was going to say it. If, if George Russell has the same problem next year, but it's going to be a completely different car, so that doesn't yeah. work. That's, that's um, but, uh, yeah, it, I think Valtteri, Valtteri is insanely quick over one lap, can set the poles, um, but uh, he's not a fighter. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to see what he's like next year in a car that's <laughs> towards the back of the field. So he, he's, he's more of a golfer than a boxer you know what i mean he's if he's out yeah, there by yeah. himself he can kick butt but you put somebody else out there with him and he doesn't really just doesn't yeah. seem to have that's, it. that's that's a good analogy on that yeah yeah um lando has some problems and drops and we're all disappointed because mclaren's just kind of fading away and i really was hoping they could challenge ferrari you know toward the end but they're going to end up behind ferrari for the season and it's disappointing yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we talked about Lando being third, but basically at the beginning there, he went off to the side uh, and overshot and then sort of came back in seventh or eighth place. Yeah. He? So he, he lost that advantage third. Um, <laughs> I feel like he had some technical yeah. issues too. And he had Me? some technical issues with the, with the gear change. He couldn't couldn't get the yeah. gears, could he, for a, a so, large part of the race. So the Ferraris had a decent second half of the year and a good race, and we're going to see what happens there. The AlphaTauris actually had a fairly good season. I don't. I will, we'll get to how they finished in a minute, but it just seemed to me that Gasly a lot earlier in the season, and then Sonoda a fair amount later on, the AlphaTauris had a much better year than I was expecting. Yeah, mainly down to Gasly. Gasly lifted that team individually. I think he scored like 80, 80% of the points that they got. Um, yeah, till the very constant. end, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, constantly. And then, yeah, Sonoda had a, the last race. Sonoda had a good race. Yeah, so. exactly. I think like fourth. Yeah, um, and and poor Aston Martin, who we really kind of thought maybe because you know they've always been a team that could over they could punch past their weight, right? Yeah, and they just kind of didn't have it this year. They were, you know, it's interesting. The more money now they've got, lots of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe it's too easy. I, I don't know or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, and they certainly had chassis problems earlier on because um, they got hit by the same. Regulation change that affected Mercedes early on, and Mercedes mm-hmm. seemed to get past it, and that Aston Martin didn't. Um, so um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, hoping for more out of them coming years. Well, we saw we said goodbye to Kimi Kimi Raikkonen. He crashed. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's done. I loved on the side of his car they had printed. Now we will leave you alone. For anybody else, that would be kind of a sad thing, but for him, it's hilarious because he was always like, "Just leave me alone and let me drive." Yes. You know, he—I will so miss his personality because he was just like the "I don't give a crap. I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm just doing this for the heck of it. I've got other things I could be doing." He just that attitude that you wouldn't like from some people, right? From a lot of people, yeah. you find it grating and annoying, but for him, it was just lovable. I don't understand it. It, it was. No, I don't I, either. If you think about it on the surface, it's very rude, but everybody loves him. Everybody it's loves it. It's all oh, that's Kimmy. Oh, he's so funny, you know. It was a great one at the end when somebody, one of the the uh, journalists, was like, you know, are you good, are you going to miss like giving interviews and your fans and things like that? And he was just like, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it. That, one word. <laughs> oh, the greatest, the greatest bit was when. Um, What's his name? That the, the the grid walk guy that chases the people around on the grid for Will Sky. Bryson. Oh, uh, for who? Sky, um, um, Martin Brundle. Yeah, Brundle's out there, and he's he's he's. It's always such a pardon the expression car crash watching Brundle try to interview these people. 
But he goes running up to Kimmy as Kimmy's about to go under like a rope line where nobody else can go. And just as he goes under it, Brundle's like, Kimmy, Kimmy, can we get a word? And Kimmy goes, yes, and then goes under the line and disappears. <laughs> so he got his he word. Got he got a word, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love Kimmy so much. I'm going to miss him. I'll give him one last time. Bah. Okay. Uh, so we're cruising toward the end. Lewis has a comfortable lead. It doesn't look like, I mean, you know, God Almighty's not going to stop him. Uh, Max. Okay, so, yeah. Oh, sorry, go on, yeah. No, no, no. Max changed his tire. I feel like he changed tires like four times in this race. We had a, we had a virtual safety car. Yeah. For, Kim, for Kimmy. No, yes. you were going to have They both, yeah, both of the, yeah, they both yeah. went out. So, so right. yeah, Max came in and changed tires again onto another set of hard. No. Went into, I feel like he, no. Yeah, no, another set of hards, I think. Yeah, I think he did. The first time it was white, the, then the second time it was the red. Yeah, so he, he comes in for another set of hards. And mm-hmm. so but he's still he he's still eight seconds on, back. Both on hard track. So Mercedes decided not to pit Lewis because nope. they felt they'd lose track position. Mm-hmm. That they'd come out second, but they would have been on the same age tires as. I never understand. I never understand. This happens twice. All right, hold on, hold on. Time out. Time out. Let's yeah, walk yeah. through this because this is, gets confusing. This happens twice. There's the yeah. there's the there's there's the one we're talking about now. Where Max comes, yeah. Where Max yeah. comes in and gets more hard tires, and yeah. and they're like, no, Lewis, we don't want to bring you in. We don't want to lose track position. And then after that, Max is eight seconds back, and they're telling Lewis he's got to make up like a second a lap, yeah. or, or almost a second lap to catch you, and he's not. Yeah. And then we get the Latifi crash that we're going to get to in a second. And then the same thing happens. Max comes in again and gets the soft tires. And Lewis is like, uh, guys, don't you think I should come? No, no, we don't lose track. And I kept wondering, how is Lewis going to lose track position if they both pit at the same time? I just, I don't understand that. Well, that's, that's not quite the second one. So I'll, I'll talk about the second one when we get to that. Okay. Because the, 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 the whole safety car thing plays into that conversation. Okay. Um, but this first one, I did not understand why they didn't pit Lewis. Right. Yes, he, he would have come out slightly. He, he may, it was a, there was a chance that he may have come out behind Max, but it, it wasn't a definite. Right. And actually, if they'd have pitted first, Red Bull would have probably stayed out because they would have done the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Lu, uh, Max would have stayed out and probably been in the lead, but Lewis would have come out with fresher tires. And Lewis would have had plenty of laps left to pass yeah, him, to and he had the faster yeah. car. Yeah, and he had the notice to be faster car. So why they didn't do that? No, they were, they were being conservative. Um, they they made questionable tactical decisions the entire second half of the race, and then yeah. they're mad after the race that it didn't work out. That's how I felt yeah. about it. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think Lewis should have come in under the virtual safety car. Um, to my mind, I just didn't didn't understand it. So as you said, he he. He didn't. Max did. Max came out. Max is now eight seconds or so behind. Mm-hmm. Master basically, as I think Martin Brundle put it, do a Michael Schumacher every lap mm-hmm. between now and the end of the race because Michael Schumacher could just put out those qualifying laps when he needed, you know, constantly when he needed to. And but he started off with gaining whatever it was, 0.8 of a second. But then his tires started to go off, and he's down to sort of gaining at like 0.2, and it wasn't going to be enough. It wasn't going to happen. No. Yeah. And then we get to six laps from the end, and um, our favorite Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it, it down this way. The race is over, says Lewis. Not so fast, says Latifi. Ah, so, Latifi. <laughs> so, uh, 
So yeah, Latifi stuffs it in the barriers, um, yeah. and he's he's okay. Um, the barrier looks okay, but then his brakes catch fire. Yeah. So they spray everything with extinguisher foam, which gets everywhere. So they call they bring out a full safety car. Did you did you hear Sebastian Vettel at that point? Yeah. Seb the fire says, thing. The f- <laughs> says, yeah. They use oh, the fire thing. They're using yeah. the fire thing, and he goes, "Extinguisher is the word I was looking for." <laughs> yeah. I love Seb. He's great. Yeah. That yeah, was funny. All right. So this is where it gets confusing. So they bring out the the, the full safety car. All right. Yes, they bring out the full safety car. Full safety car. They okay. don't know if there's going to be enough laps. No, nobody knows what's going to happen. They don't know if there's no, going to be no. enough laps left when they clear so it off. Mercedes made the call that basically there's only just on how long a safety car normally takes. Mm-hmm. That this race is going to finish under, under yellow. Under yellow. Yeah. So leave Lewis where he is because he's out front. Right. Which is why they didn't pit because yes. they were. That's what they thought was that the race was going to end under yellow. I don't know if you'd heard the commentary earlier on, but when um, the Sky Sports Sky people had Christian Horner on earlier in the race, and they were like, "Well, it looks like you've lost this one," and he said, "We need, we need something need for the racing gods." Yeah, um, we need a miracle. Yeah, we need a miracle. So they rolled the dice. They um, did. They, they, what else could they do? They had to. Yeah. I mean, it's that or you lose. You got to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they they pull Max in, put Max in uh, onto a fresh set of soft soft. Tires. He comes out, and there's five cars between him and Lewis. Five lapped cars. Five lapped cars, yeah. Cars yeah. He's still in Lewis. second. He's still in second on the road, but there is five cars. Yeah. So even if... So then race... So this is what we, we then hear, is race control... Set, no, uh, let me... Let well, me we're, we're, we're on the lap before the last lap before at this lap, point. Lap, yeah, and race control says lap cars cannot pass. Right. So even if they go back to racing, Max has to get past the five lapped cars to get to Lewis, by which time Lewis would have been down the road. Correct. And it, they actually say to Max, the lapped cars are not passing, and then Max very calmly says, well, yeah, duh, what did we expect? Typical. Or something like yeah. that. Typical. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. He, he just accepts it. It's like, okay, right. that's going to be the situation. Yep, yep, yep. Then race control changes their mind and tells the five lapped car, just those five Just those five. Like, just those five to pull out and go around the safety car and go Mm -hmm. around to the back. Because that's all they have time for if they're going to restart before the last lap. Last lap. And that puts Max literally right along behind Lewis and at one point actually alongside Lewis behind (laughs) the the safety, safety car. He that was one of the protests, by the by way. About, by about an inch, but then pulls back. That was one um, of the protests, by the way, yes. It was, yes. yes. Um, now, normally, so this is where we get to the rules. So let's take a step back. So the, the rules stand, the standard ruling is that what it actually says in the rules, because I went and looked, and mm-hmm. that's sad, is that any lapped cars can pass, unlap themselves. It does not say all. Mm. It says any mm-hmm. lapped cars can then and lap themselves at the discretion of the race director. So the fact that he chose to pick five and not all of them was actually within a certain interpretation of the rules. Right. Okay. Right. A fuzzy interpretation of the rules, but it was within it the It all gets very fuzzy here. <laughs> okay. But the next line in the regulations says that once the last lapped car has as gone past the safety car, the safety car comes in at the end of the next lap. The next lap. Yes. Not and, and that would have been the end of the race. 
which would have been the end of the race. But what Michael Massey did was actually pull the safety car in right there and then. Right then. Yeah, he basically, in the same message, says, the five cars between Lewis and Max can now pass the safety car, comma, which is coming in right now. Now, (laughs) next lap will be green. Yes. We've got a one-lap race um, with Lewis on old hard tires and Max on fresh softs. And let's be clear. The reason is because... Mercedes made their strategic decisions based on their prediction of how it was going to play out, which was a reasonable prediction. It was, if the rules had been... To the letter, right. Red Red Bull made their tactical decisions based on, we have nothing left to lose, let's just see what happens. Let's roll the dice. Which is a completely different way of, of doing your strategy. But yes. that was, like you, like you said, Mercedes was being super conservative because they figured it was going to end under yellow and we want to be in front. Red Bull was being super radical because they figured we're going to lose unless something happens. We need to do everything we can to make something happen. Right. And even if Max has got to take overtake five cars, let's put him on softs and he's got to well, give it a yeah. shot. He's got, he, he's got a lap to try and get yeah. past them and catch Lewis. Um, so irrespective of everything that went on, the one thing that I did like, and I know this is not a popular opinion, is it did actually end in a race. Yes. Under, under racing conditions with a pass on a track under racing conditions. It was a fair pass and it was made. It was a hell so of a the, pass. Everything came down to the last lap under racing conditions and it was a fair pass. So to my mind, that was, that and, was fine. <laughs> yeah. And that was Toto calling up Massey. Uh, Michael, uh, what, what, this, no, this is not right, Michael. No, it's not right. Toto, yes? It's motor racing. <laughs> I just love when he told him that. And Toto's like, excuse me? <laughs> they are, they're at a motor race. They are. I forgot exactly how to put it the second time, but he, I just love he's this Toto. It is called motor racing. Motor racing. Yeah. And Toto is just race. like, <laughs> his brain explodes at that point. He's looking around for a headset he hasn't broken to throw across the room. So did did race control do stuff wrong with the rules by the letter of the law of the rules not with the passing of the five cars you could you can argue that that's an interpretation of, of the of the regulations of any they yeah. can pick it's any yeah where they probably made the mistake two mistakes was one by putting out contradictory um messages that no the cars can't pass and then oh yeah we're going to pick these five to do it mm-hmm. they should have made a decision and stuck with it one way or the other um and then by basically shortening the safety car um, period by a lap just to get in that last lap. Um, I understand the pressure on Michael Massey to do that. I understand what they wanted to, you know, why he did it. Um, It probably could have been handled better. I think we'll talk about this. I think there was alternative ways of doing it, which would have not been so controversial. It would have been a little bit controversial, but not quite so much. Um, So um, let's take it. Was what was it um, a conspiracy to rob Lewis? No, no. not at all. Um, was was it corrupt at actions by the NFIA official? No, no. What it was was a guy under pressure to, to finish the most exciting season in Formula One under racing conditions. How can he do it? Looking very quickly at the rules and figuring out a way of doing it to make sure that we got at least one racing lap in at the end. With a, ticking clock, with a ticking with a clock, with a ticking clock, and yeah. having to like figure all this out, he's got everybody yelling at him. He's got to figure it out immediately, yeah. or it's not going to matter. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah. So, could it have been done better? Yes. Were there alternative ways of doing it? Yes. 
but it's not the hoo-ha that a lot of people are making it out to be. Do you know? And to, to my point, as I said, the season ended under racing with a fair pass under racing conditions. And let's go back to 2008. Well, okay? d- hold on, hold on. Before we do that, just okay. one quick thing. Do you know IndyCar has a rule? Yeah, that I was says. About that later. Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So. I was going to talk about that later. Yeah, well, we'll IndyCar get to and NASCAR have got rules for this stuff, and I was going to talk about that. Yeah, all so. right. Um, but for me, you know, it, it made me think of 2008 when Felipe Massa took the checkered flag and was world champion because the young hotshot that was coming up, who was second in the championship, needed to be fifth or better and was actually running in sixth when Felipe Massa came across the uh, finish line and was declared uh, world champion. And then the guy who was running fifth went wide and the young hotshot came through and got his fifth place and took the world championship away from Felipe Massa. And that young hotshot was Lewis Hamilton. Um, so, you know, he's taken a world championship from somebody on a last lap. Um, a guy mm-hmm. who'd actually taken the checkered flag and the race ain't over until the checkered flag flies. Nope. Um, so, you know, um, it, what goes around comes around. Like I say, Lewis got away with some something that was probably dubious earlier in the race that helped him gain that position. Um, so, you know, I think it all comes out in the wash. And um, I will say, I think they both deserved. I, I wouldn't have mattered. I love the fact that Max won it. I love the fact that Max is world champion because we need somebody new in his fresh blood and he's exciting to watch. But if I also think this was Lewis's best season ever. Yeah, um, and and if he'd have come out of it world champion, I'd have been just as happy with that. I think they, both of them, just drove brilliantly, and I think all of the controversy is the people who make this controversy about those two guys is missing the point. It's not about those two guys. Even Toto Wolf said that it's not about those two guys. He's congratulated Max personally. Um, you know, I think um, it's it's about. And Lewis was cool about it too. Lewis was shaking his yeah. hand and like everything. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not like uh, with Nico Lewis, where they hated each other at the end. No, Lewis, was, it so, Lewis and his dad. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you saw that Lewis didn't pull up to the second place. Placing his either. car, he went into the pits and sort of just put his head down. He wasn't talking to his engineer, wasn't responding to his engineer, got out of the car and went to talk to his dad. Um, and then, you know, came out and congratulated Max and was gracious. And then he mm-hmm. and his dad went to see Max and his dad. Um, uh, and offer their congratulations, and then he was gracious to Christian Horner on the podium and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think one of the things that I really think is a shame in all of this is that Mercedes seem to have forgotten the team, as in the guys in the pits and the people back at the factory, that they won the constructors' championship for an unprecedented eighth time in a row, mm-hmm. and they never mentioned it. Yeah. They didn't talk about it. They should have been celebrating that. They were too busy being and, mad about this. Yeah, and they yeah the rest of the team or certainly the team principals were too busy about being mad about what had happened in the mm-hmm. disputed call uh, around the rules. So yeah, if there's things to be done, I think it's things to be done around the rules, um, around consistent interpretation of the rules, and actually writing better rules that cover this sort of thing. And that's how rules get made. You come across a, a circumstance that mm-hmm. you haven't had before and you don't have a process for. You muddle through it. <laughs> and then you write the rules for that process. That's Absolutely. how the process gets developed. So, um, yeah, I'll well, get off my soapbox now. Well, talk about the IndyCar <laughs> thing. The the I love that they have a rule that basically says if we need to, we can ignore the rules for the ending. Yeah. I love that. I love that because it's basically we have this whole rule book, 
but if the whole rule book is going to mess up the race, we will throw the rule book out and do whatever we want to make it better. And I just love that. That that's 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 one possible solution there. Well, there's, there's a couple of things that IndyCar done that I think think that, that Formula One should do. One is a red flag means a red flag. You can't work on the car. You can't change the flag. You can't change the tires until everything goes green. If you're in, you know, and they keep the cars away from the pits. They bring them into the pit lane, but they're not actually in the pit boxes, and you cannot work on them. It used to be you could, but you would get a two-lap penalty, but there's certain tracks where that didn't really affect right. you that much. So that it's now you cannot, if it's a red flag, you cannot work on the cars. You can't change tires. You can't work on the cars. I, for me, a, a race stoppage is a race stoppage. You shouldn't be doing stuff that affects the race in a red flag period. So I think Formula One should have that. No working on the cars on a red flag. Um, and we'll come back to that in a second. And the other thing that IndyCar do is they actually have a prescribed thing that if it's an incident happens within, I think on an oval within the last 20 laps and on a road course within the last 15 laps, then the lap cars overtake, unlap themselves. So it's, it's clearly written out that if we have an incident at, towards the end of the race, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think... That's something. I think the other thing that works really well is what NASCAR do, is if it looks like the um, race is going to end under a yellow flag, they add two laps to the race distance and they do a green, white checkered. Mm. Um, So in this instance, the safety car would have gone around under its prescribed thing. It pulls in, they throw a green flag, they race one lap, they get a white white flag for the last lap, then it's the checkered flag. So you get two laps, Mm -hmm. two lap shootout. and NASCAR do that to make sure no race finishes under a yellow. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it is. Um, of course, that obviously means sometimes some folks are marginal on fuel, but that just sort of adds to the adds to the uh, the interest. I'm pretty so. sure there was at least one IndyCar race I saw this past year where they just red flagged with about five laps to go. Yeah, just for the so, express purpose of bringing them back out under green. Which is it goes to the what could what could they have done instead of the the mm-hmm. botched safety car thing. Yeah, the one that everybody talks about is the is the, is the is the red flag. They could have thrown a red flag as soon as that fire extinguisher went off. They could have thrown a red flag. Um, normally, the only red flag if they have to go do barrier work or something like that, extended period. But I think they could have thrown a thrown a red flag, and then they both could have come in and changed tires, and we'd have had a four or five lap shootout between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, both on brand new soft tires. Well, this was the only scenario where where Max easily wins, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's what we got. Well, I, I've heard people say that easily wins, but well, he has to make better the pass. Tires. He's better tires, but who's he trying to overtake? The greatest right. driver probably that's in the fair. history of the sport. You're right. Yeah, it's he made it. No, he made it look easy because he's Max Verstappen. But I'm just saying, he he they were not nose to nose at the end of the lap. Max was yeah. easily ahead, is what I'm really getting at. Yeah, but I mean, did Lewis know he couldn't get back back past him? But you know, I don't right. know. It was a great, it was a brilliant overtaking maneuver, and I, nobody yeah. should take anything away from that. No, no, no. I just mean yeah. this is the only scenario where it plays out that way. I think yeah. every every other scenario, Lewis wins. Uh, maybe, maybe if they were both on soft tires and they were head to head with one lap to go, you know, they probably both you never know. Up in, They'd run into the each wall. other. <laughs> They'd but, run into each yeah. other, and uh, Signs would have won. There you go. Yeah, so who who knows? Um, and then Max would have won on countback. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, but for me, that's that was the only alternative that maybe they had, and maybe by the time they thought about doing that, it was too far into the safety car period to throw the red um, and get people in 
So. That was that was my other but favorite I, I, quote of the week was when Christian Horner said, "We will not resort to the dark arts." <laughs> yeah. Well, I like his other one that we don't bring lawyers to race. We're racist. We don't bring lawyers to Grand Prix. There you go. With the intention of making uh, protests. Um, so, yeah, what else could have been done? I think that's what else could have been done. Um, mm. What needs to happen? And I think, I don't know if you know, but the, the thing is today, Mercedes have uh, withdrawn their right to appeal. They're not going to oh. appeal. So it's over. It's over. Yeah. Wow. Um, on, the, on the promise that basically the FIA is going to, do a complete review of the processes and stuff and blah, blah, blah. Which I'm so, sure they would have regardless because you can't yeah. let it be like this and not do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think Michael Massey made mistakes. I didn't, he didn't do it deliberately. I don't think, no. you know, Lewis wasn't robbed. Um, no. It was two teams playing different strategies under changing circumstances and mm-hmm. one played it better than the other. Um, and that's, that's it. part of the game. That's it. That was a hundred percent it. Yeah. They made their decisions based on what they thought was going to happen or not, and the way it played out, it favored Max. That's just how it goes. Yeah. But he was yeah. a deserving champion, regardless. And you yeah. have you had a couple of numbers here that kind of show that. Yeah. Um, so Max's stats was what was it? Uh, I don't know, I've got to find it now. Just above the team list. Okay. Yeah. So ten wins in a season, uh, ten poles, six fastest laps, eighteen podiums, mm. which was a record. Mm-hmm. Nobody's done 18 podiums in a se- in a season before, not even Lewis or Michael Schumacher. So 18 wow. podiums, um, wow. and like I said, yeah, his average finishing position was 1.84. The interesting thing is where Max didn't finish in stuff this year, it was pretty much stuff outside his control. It was either yeah. like a puncture in Baku, or he got mm-hmm. punted off like at Silverstone. Um, when Lewis didn't finish or finished outside the points, some of the times it was actually let's go to Baku making a mistake with the brake. Yeah. On the restart, so you know when he had Lewis that one in the bag, the, yeah, and he messed up. Yeah, when Lewis was not on the podium, some of the time it was Lewis's mistakes. With Max, mm. it wasn't necessarily things that's in his control, um, so it could have actually been even more points. And, and I think he led the most number of laps by a ridiculous margin as well. Yeah, this, this although season. I saw, didn't uh, Sebastian Vettel got most overtakes? Most overtakes because he's at the back. <laughs> yeah, he he asked his engineer. He's like, "So, did we get the most overtake thing?" And he's like, "Uh, yeah, let me check. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did." He goes, "What is the prize for that? A thousand jelly beans?" <laughs> That's what he said. But I thought it was interesting that Max only quote unquote got six fastest laps because there was a streak there where Lewis was able to get fastest lap. Yeah, several several times because of the way he and Botas were, were were doing it, he was able to stay out. Whereas Max couldn't come in and then go right. back out, or he'd lose out second place to Botas. Right? In other words, yeah. Lewis could come in and, and get the fastest lap. Max couldn't because he would not be in second anymore if he pitted. Right. And yeah. that was a big advantage that the that that Lewis had when he got those point 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 point. It kind of added up. It did, yeah. I mean, I know at the beginning of the season, people were like, oh, that, that's, that's stupid. It's not going to make any difference. But it did in the end. It, Over the course yeah. of 20-something races when the same guy's getting like 15 of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really yeah. did. So you want to look at how they finished up the teams? thought this was interesting. Yeah, sure. All right, let's so we've talked about Mercedes and Red Bull. So as I said, Mercedes won their eighth Constructors' Championship in, in a row, um, which was great. Um, but he... Uh, Lewis and Toto refused to go to the uh, prize giving ceremony, which was today. Um, so, um, but so James Allison went, uh, the Mercedes uh, chief engineer, and picked up their uh, their prize for 
Constructors Champions. So um, he drew the short straw, so he had to go. Yeah, and fly the uh, Mercedes Red, flag. Red Bull was second. Yep, That's not surprising. Um, Very close. Third was Ferrari, which we talked about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. We thought it was going to be McLaren, but uh, Ferrari, yeah. a series of good, solid top ten finishes for both drivers, uh, really helped them. And and it was Carlos Sainz in the end that really turned out to yeah. be their their best driver this year, which is interesting. We, I don't know if I yeah. saw that coming. Um, yeah, he's really. I mean, he settled into McLaren really quickly last season, and and uh, he done the same at Ferrari this season. I he mean, did. Um, to get on on uh, on a par with Charles Leclerc uh, in his first season was was great. And yeah, he's uh, got a couple of podiums. Uh, poor poor Carlos Sainz. Every time he gets a podium, it's in a race where there's other things happening, yeah. and he sort of tends to get forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. It happened again him getting the third um, in, in Abu Dhabi. So. But to, yeah, th- those two very often ran closely together. But unlike when it was Leclerc and Vettel, they weren't bouncing into each other. <laughs> they, they were actually running together closely as a team um, and would swap positions and do what needed for the team to, to get them those points. And uh, it was it was a good run from Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, give them credit. Yeah, and then we got the we got the A run: Alpine, AlphaTauri, Aston Martin. Oh, I noticed that. You're right. The three A teams are all together, aren't they? Three of the four, yeah. yeah. Alpha Maria. There's a bunch of A's. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Alpine, Renault as was. Um, they had some flashes of brilliance, um, you know, podiums and um, some good scores. That, um, Ocon know, had his moments and Fernando had his moments. Fernando at had different his times, moments, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I know um, Fernando basically had his sights set on next year. I think mm-hmm. they're going to have a good car for next year. Yeah. For, um, but, Fernando but, was like... Yes, we'll focus everything for next year. Going to be good. We are the sexy yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, so will be interesting to see if they do that. Um, it, it was it was a very pretty car to look at. I will I will say that. Oh yeah, um, it, it seemed to handle well. Though my favorite car to look at, that I still think is the most beautiful car on the um, on the grid, is the Alpha Tauri. I love that black and white um, color that scheme they have. I think it's it, it's really really cool. Um, and as we talked about, they did they did really well. Um, yeah. Mainly down to Pierre Gasly. Um, so, um, and then Aston Martin, we touched on that. Um, seemed to have dropped from where they were when they were Force India or Racing Point or whatever they were calling themselves. <laughs> oh, whatever they call themselves now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the Silverstone team. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know whether they've been a bit distracted by the fact that they're having a brand new factory built and moving and lots of new people coming in and stuff. So maybe we'll, we'll see that over the next couple of seasons. Um, and then eighth place for Williams. Never Woo! would have thought that at the beginning of the season that they would be in eighth place. A Woo-hoo! great, great season for them. Good um, job. And not just down to George Russell either. Obviously, a lot of it was George Russell. But towards the end, Latifi was starting to uh, to get up there and yeah. score a few he, points. He looked a little better, yeah. Never yeah. thought I'd see that. So, and yeah. and and he decided who won the championship. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he had so. more to say about anybody but Michael Massey. <laughs> um, Alfa Romeo at ninth. Sad to see them down there with Kimi yeah. and Giovinazzi. Um, and then Haas. We had the t- the two guys at the back, the two rookies. <laughs> um, they clear. I mean, they have they, done nothing with that car this year. They have been no. totally focused on what little money they have um, they, on next year's car. Um, there was a but, rumor yeah. that Haas had two cars in the races, but when Mazepin wasn't spinning out, you wouldn't have known it. Oh, well, do you know what? How many didn't participate in this last race because he tested positive for COVID and I didn't notice he wasn't there. That's right. We didn't even notice. Poor, poor Haas. Um, Good grief. But Michael, um, Michael Schumacher, Mick Schumacher was getting, uh, I mean, he was the one that was has, having the tussle with Latifi 
he was up racing with Latifi and stuff. So he's, you know, when he's not brushing the car, he's getting the car up and up to mix it up with the Alphas and the Williams. So uh, he, I, I got a lot of time for Mick Schumacher. I think he'll, he'll develop that's, nicely. Alan, that's the one down thing about Formula One for me is that the cars at the back are so woefully behind the others that it doesn't matter how good of a driver you are. You're just going to be off the radar because you're in a crappy car. And it, 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 it's the one thing that I feel like is, is lacking because, you know, it's the one thing that IndyCar for me has a, has a big advantage in is that everybody pretty much has a shot. And in Formula One, right. you know, even, even at Baku, it's not going to be a Haas that wins. It's going to be, you know, a McLaren or an Alpine or something it's after, after everybody runs into yeah. each other. So. Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing, we, we think that and we say that, but when you actually look at the, what are they maybe a second off the pace between mm. the front guys and the back guys, it used to be, te- you know, 10 seconds, seconds between the front yeah. and the back of the grid. Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah. it wasn't you know unheard that basically somebody would be in pole by a second between first and second, um, and and now we're talking you know thousands and tenths of the so um, yeah so yeah it, it it is it it's always been that way you always have the have and the have nots hopefully we'll get a little bit of um, leveling of that next year with the new rules the budget caps and so forth and yeah. um, uh, we'll be interested to see how it goes. So yeah, that was the rundown of the teams. Um, yep. so, f- so for me, the delight there was uh, um, surprise was Ferrari. I thought McLaren were, were really comfortable in third place to start yep. with. Uh, oh, me too. And Williams, and Williams uh, ending up in, in eighth. I thought that was really good. So yep. Well, we're gonna ha- speaking of Williams, we're gonna have Alex Albon back at Williams when George Russell goes to Mercedes next year, and yeah. um, because he's he's getting the um, he's getting that he's getting the um, the Latifi spot right. And no, Latifi's staying there. Oh, that's so. right. I'm thinking. I, I keep getting confused where Botas is going to Alfa Romeo. Romeo, right. yes, yeah. And yeah. and Alex Albon is the new. You had to bring one new guy in because you're losing Kimi. Yes, we're losing one and gaining one, and that's it. It's Kimi for Albon, basically through musical chairs. Oh well, no, we're losing two because we're losing. Giovinazzi oh, Giovinazzi, as well. yeah. Yeah. yeah, so who was our other guy coming in? Oh, the Chinese driver, right. That's the other. We're yeah. getting two new ones, yeah. Getting Alex Albon back, and we're getting Guan Yu Zhao as the new Alfa Romeo driver. Correct, yeah. Who is there China's first full-time F1 driver. There so, we go. Very good. Um, yeah, uh, be interesting. Be interesting to see how uh, Alex Albon does at Williams. Uh, I mean, I noticed he was like front and center in the uh, the Red Bull pits in the final race. and um, mm-hmm. was one of the first people on the the blower to congratulate Max and was like right in the front row with Christian Horner and Ginger Spice um, at the, yep. uh, and Checo at the, yep. and Checo and stuff. So he's still very much a, a Red Bull guy. And for him to go to a team that's powered by a Mercedes engine, that's very interesting. It is. Um, so we'll see how he does at, at Williams, which would be really cool. So yeah. uh, I'm interested to see how Qui-Gon Joe, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, works for me, performs, performs next year as well. So, that's cool. So the the, the big award ceremony was today. I could I always I remember yeah. that they have it, but I don't ever remember what what day it is. So I had yeah, to catch the, it. Up. Uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Was today, yeah. So everything became official today. Max was given the cup, and yeah. Mercedes withdrew their right to appeal. So um, everything is is settled supposedly. And I'm but sure it's on YouTube. Continue so to rumble on. Yes, yes. And uh, Lewis got his knighthood yesterday. I saw Prince Charles knighted yeah. him. The third, the third Formula One driver to get a knighthood. So oh, very nice. In history, um, yeah. Very cool. Um, the other ones were uh, 
Alexander Rossi and uh, James Hinchcliffe, right? <laughs> so uh, anything else? I'm going to give our fantasy results here in just a minute, but is there any other news we need to cover before we wrap up? Uh, I don't think it's news, but it's just a point. I think people just need to get over this. If they won't, it will rumble on all through the close season until we actually get into racing. Oh, one thing for the season next year, Max is actually going to race with the number one on the car. Ah, not 33. 33. Yeah. Well. Uh, he basically said, "This may be the one chance I've, you know, I've got to do it. So why wouldn't you do it?" So well, people probably don't even know it's a thing because Lewis doesn't ever do it, and the only no. other time that we would have seen it would have been Nico, but he retired, so he never got a chance to do it. Yeah, the last person to do it was Seb Vettel in 2014. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it used to be. It didn't used to be that Formula One drivers had a set number. It, the number used to change every year oh, based wow. on where you finished in the championship the year before. And where the team finished in the championship the year before, um, so the the permanent number thing is is, is a relatively new thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so Maxi's going to run the number one next year. Well, I noticed that there's a lot of doubles. Like Checo is eleven, Max is thirty three, Lewis is forty four, Botas is seventy seven. Um, is is maybe signed fifty five or something? So there's a lot of doubles. Yeah. And Giovinazzi yeah. was ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they got to pick them themselves. Most of them have a have a meaning yeah. for the individuals. Um, so, yeah, Lewis 44 was his number when he was karting as a kid uh, and stuff. That was his number. So Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that'll be cool. It'll be interesting. Um, and, I, and, and, you know, we found out that uh, Ricardo is number three because of Dale Earnhardt, which I thought was yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I got to see him drive Dale Earnhardt's car. He at did. Oh, yeah, love Ricardo. I hope he can get back into the in, the, in business. Yeah. Um, um, uh, let me quickly, it, it, what about, you said you had a little note here about IndyCar changes right quick while I pull up the fantasy. Um, yeah. I, I, Hinchcliffe I is retiring. I, I, I would say, um, I don't think last time we taught IndyCar had quite finished. So I want to congratulate Alex Pillow on winning the championship. That was unexpected. Um, when he came in like two years ago, I thought this kid's going to go far. I didn't think he'd go that far that quickly. No, um, I'm shocked. I, I'm like. Who? <laughs> yeah. What? So that, that was that was cool. It's, it, there was a lot of new blood in IndyCar this season, and it was good to see a, a lot of the, the youngsters start to make good. Um, and uh, of course, the other big one with IndyCar um, is uh, Roman Grosjean um, making such mm-hmm. a splash um, and yeah. getting picked up by the Andretti team. Andretti. Um, so I'll be interested to see how he goes next. Yeah. Yeah, with with uh, a full season under his belt and doing the ovals, and Jimmy Johnson's going to do the ovals next. He's going to do well. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and so he'll be he'll be running around at the back, parking up after so many laps. But and and Simon Pagano is not. out. I, I hope he starts to get competitive. But <laughs> oh, um, I hope so. I got something to say about that. But Simon Pagano is out at Penske. They're only going to run three cars, right? So yeah. the, you've got Will Power and uh, Newgarden and the new guy McLaughlin or whatever. And so Pagano yes, is going to be back yeah. to lower team. But. Yeah. Um, the thing about Jimmy Johnson, for all that he annoyed me and I criticized him all season for being just basically a, a, a traveling chicane and roadblock, um, the, the one thing is he seems excited about it and is positive about it. And I will take that any day over these IndyCar drivers that drive an IndyCar but act like they're God's gift to IndyCar and, man, my Formula One team's going to call me up any day now. You know what I mean? I'll take guys that want to be there over these guys that are like, this is just what I'm doing while I'm waiting on getting that call from F1 to come back. It's like Marcus Erickson seems like he came over and said, I'm any car driver now and I love it. I'm not waiting on Formula 1 to call me back. But some of these guys, and like 
Pato Award, I like him okay, but God, Pato Award, give me a break. Are you an IndyCar driver or is this you just drive, you're just doing this as a hobby while you're waiting to get into Formula One? It just gets annoying to me. Well, he's a McLaren driver and he. I know. Uh, yeah. So. I just see. wish they would embrace it if they're going to be in it. Otherwise, you know, don't always yeah. be kind of looking over IndyCar's shoulder for the next hot chick walking in the door is kind of how it feels and jimmy yeah. johnson doesn't do that jimmy johnson's like who i'm an indie car i'm gonna do everything i can even though i suck at it i admit it and i'm gonna try you know and i like yeah. that i, yeah. I appreciate yeah, it yeah and he has he has been getting he was getting better towards the end of the season so he was interesting yeah so yeah so interesting interesting to see that interesting to see how roman grosjean goes uh, with on the variables and with a with a full team behind him and, next year as well and as much as there was some spicy clash between drivers, it seemed like Alexander Rossi and and he Grosjean were were having little little sparks flying here and there, right? They because Rossi won't, Rossi will snap at anybody, right? Rossi is like you know he he'll he'll fire from the hip if he's annoyed. Yeah. We know this. And Grosjean went by and said something to him, and Ross was like, "Nope, wasn't that way. You know, it was your fault or something." And I'm curious to see them as teammates now. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be interesting. It is. Yeah, they yeah. could take each other out every race. Honestly, <laughs> that'll be fun. I didn't. I don't see Rossi is going to cut back on some other stuff to focus more on IndyCar and stuff and try and improve his performance from last year so uh, and we've lost James Hinchcliffe too He's yeah he retired going to, to the commentary booth to replace Paul Tracy oh is he yes. I didn't realize that I knew he was kind of semi-retiring but he's, he didn't rule it out entirely that he might not come back but he's yeah yeah no he's, he's retired from IndyCar and he's moving to the NBC uh, yeah. commentary booth and Paul Tracy will not be returning so so a, just a different Canadian that's really good at talking yeah basically <laughs> that works that works all right Here's a rundown of how it all came out. Everybody's been waiting to hear how this played out, right? So all of our Patreon members across all of our network got to have two teams in our Fantasy Formula One competition this year, and we, we did it the entire season. And in, I'm going to do the top 10, counting down. Number 10, Eric M. with Team Sakalate with 2933.5. Team number nine was RAS's Racers, that's Richard Stevens, with 3118.5. There's a lot of .5s this year. Uh, Team number eight was Team Vesper by Rob M. with 3187.5. Team number seven was Scuderia Aquila Gura, which is Team War Eagle, with Eric M. was 3283.5. Team number six was GTG Racing Team, that's Jared, our old buddy Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, with 3302.5. I was really excited for Jared. He doesn't know he doesn't even follow Formula One that much at all, but he finished number six. Good on him. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Team number five was Scuderia Plexico Rosso. That's my secondary team with 3565. Team number four was Mira, my daughter, my 13-year-old daughter. She did it all herself with Del Taco Racing, her famous Del Taco Racing team, <laughs> at 3594. Now, here's where it really got interesting. Three, two, and one. I had a fairly comfortable lead, and for much of the season, Mira was in second. I believe you, Alan, were in third, but your team kind of dropped back a little bit. We'll get to you in just a second. But this Daniel O, I'm not sure who that is, but he put two teams in. He might have even missed the first race. But he put these two teams in, Spinala and Team Teamy McTeamface, and he <laughs> came flying up the list all season, and he was hot on my tail. And with two races to go, 
I did a change-up of my number one team and switched out. I ditched my McLaren drivers and brought in Gasly and, like, somebody else. But I got rid of the McLarens. I'm like, nope, McLaren's fading. They got to go. I, I pitched them over the side, and it worked barely. So in third was Daniel with Spinala at 37-47. In second was Daniel's Teamy McTeam face with 37.50.5. And your winner this year, Blue Tiger Racing, instead of Red Bull, Blue Tiger Racing, 39.16.5 was my number one team. I am very, very grateful. This was, this was, this was a good year because that dude, he is good. He, he, used his, he used all of his bonuses and wild cards and stuff, and he was all over me. Um, so let's see. Uh, y- let's see. Your teams finished 12 and 13, Alan. Three Brits, three oh. Brits plus were 12, 28, 60.5, and Megrin Racing, 28, 33.5. So just okay. ahead of Mira's second team. So not bad. It was a good, good year for me. Not so good year for you, but we got another season coming up pretty soon. Well, maybe I should actually take notice of it instead of just setting it at the beginning of the season. And Put it on autopilot? And, yeah, and just leaving it, yeah. Yeah, I, I was on autopilot until I saw this guy coming up behind me in the rearview mirrors, and I'm like, I, I checked in, and I'm like, ooh, I got to do something quick. So I, yeah, I, I had the McLaren boys, and I think I had the McLaren chassis on one of, um, one of my teams. Yeah, I ejected yeah. them, man. That that was my saving grace, was tossing the McLarens over at the last minute. So, yeah, you have a few ways you can make changes, and that's what I did. So, all right, that was fun. Any last thoughts as we wrap up tonight? No, I don't think so. I, I just hope that next season is, is exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, interesting, but not so controversial in terms of, yeah. I just hope we have some consistent application of the rules and stuff Absolutely. next year. And, and maybe they just need, they need to maybe look at what some of the other series do to address some of these problems. And, and I know it's not going to happen, but I wish we could go back to tracks that have grass and gravel traps so we're not having these stupid track limit conversations every week and mm-hmm. stuff like that um indycar don't have track limit <laughs> conversations so except when they were on coda the one time that was and that was a except turn 19 at coda we won't go there yeah. Yeah, yeah they did but we won't all right all right so that's and you got to think that's the one thing that for sure is going to happen in the off season is a rules discussion if nothing else that's got that's going to happen so yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. I think we covered it pretty good. So uh, look for your next. Uh, we'll probably do our. I'm just going to guess, Alan. We'll probably do our next uh, one of these episodes as we're ramping up, getting ready to start the new season. Talk about how yeah, we maybe make, make our predictions. When we, yeah, when we see the new cars. Come out, yeah. How they go. Yeah. Be exciting. Very good. All right. We're going to get on out of here for another season. And uh, thank you guys for following us. And. Uh, become a patron at, at uh, www.patreon.com. Just look for uh, White Rocket or Van Allen Plexico, and uh, you can join up and be part of the Formula One fantasy team next year. So, all right, we'll see you later, Alan. Cheers. Thanks, Van. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment Production.